Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, loyal listeners to the HRSA podcast. Uh, my name is Tommy. I'm your new host today, and I am joined today by a familiar voice. We have Taryn. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> um, today, for your viewing, or your, not viewing, listening pleasure, we have uh, Amy Lucas, who is a CPA and partner at Bucari, McCarty & Metz, which is the largest accounting firm here in Kokomo, Indiana. Amy. Yes, we are. We've been um, here since 1978, and um, BMM has always had a close relationship with IUK. I'm an IUK grad. We like to hire IUK grads. We have um, several interns at our office from IUK here, so thanks for inviting me. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, uh, hopefully all you accounting students are paying attention. Uh, and uh, Amy, how long have you been with um, BMM? I've been there 19 years, starting my 20th tax season. We don't count by years, we count by tax seasons. Because, you know, that's, we work more hours that than half a year. Yeah, so. that's, the, that's, the, that's the real important part. The right. Accounting is right. <laughs> tax season. If you can survive the tax season. If you can make it to April 15th, you can do anything in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, uh, my dad actually works in taxes as well. And, yeah, from... January to April is just a, I'm not going to say it's a nightmare, but it is a ton of work. Um, but then a, it's the, a marathon. Exactly. It's not a sprint. Right. The, a but uh, then the upside is that those other eight months are a little more laid back. Yep. Uh, not always, but typically. So um, we do have a few questions for you today, Amy. Sure. Um, I think we'll kick off with our first one we have here, which is, uh, um, can you please uh, provide our audience with an insight into your own personal career path and history. Sure. Um, I've always been interested in accounting when I was um, young. How do you operate a business? How does it work? And how does how do you tell the world in numbers what you do? I've always really liked numbers and puzzles. They go kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when I was in junior high, I used to play office with my uh, best friend, and we would pretend to transact business and and r record sales and pay bills, and I used my mom's checks, and she would freak out because she thought <laughs> she wrote checks somewhere when, you know, she didn't. But the next day, we'd get together and see, well, how'd you do this? How'd you do this? And when we got to high school, we took an accounting class, and it all kind of fell together, and I just knew that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be an accountant when I grew up. I wanted to be that pencil pushing little nerd with my pocket protector of which I have neither, you know, so um, everything fell into place and I decided that I want to be an accountant, um, enrolled in IUK and the rest is ongoing. That's, that's actually pretty funny uh, that the idea that you at, you know, 10, 12 years old, um, <laughs> other kids are playing, uh, Princess, or other kids yes, are playing Barbies, house or Barbies, <laughs> and you're playing accountant. I'm playing accountant. It is absolute <laughs> destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was meant to be. Um, now we have here that you um, you used to be in the hospitality industry. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, you shifted from that to becoming an associate partner, and then finally a full-on partner. Full-on partner at Bucari McCarty Metz. Um, what prompted you to make such a drastic change in your career path? It's really a funny story. Um, I went to the hospitality industry because I heard all the horror stories about tax season. You work 80 hours a week. You work long hours. Honestly, I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to work that hard. 
I've been through college working two jobs full-time at IUK. I want a break. I can't say 80 hours sounds great no matter what I'm doing. So I went to the hospitality industry. I obviously did not think that through because guess what? Hotels are open 24-7, 365 days a year. And in the accounting department, you get calls at 2 o'clock in the morning from the front desk that wants to know, how do you check somebody in? So I take phone calls at 2 o'clock in the morning, not really awake, helping this person check people in because you take care of your customers. So you're in the accounting department, but they're still having you do like the the front desk stuff and everything else? Yes. As the controller of the hotel, I was in charge of what's called night audit. Night audit is the front desk person Mm -hmm. that audits the day's transactions. So somebody's got to be there to check people in at night, so they have the accounting person Mm -hmm. at night do that. I uh, did that for, first I started at the Ramada here. I was um, the marketing and administrative assistant while I was going first. Then the controller position opened up, and because of my accounting background, they hired me as the controller. I did that for three years, and then the hotel sold. But the company I used to work for bought the Doubletree and Carmel and hired me as their controller. I worked there for three years, a um, lot of hours. I worked a lot of hours, mm-hmm. and but I loved it. You know, the whole I didn't want to work that hard, I loved it. Um, then I had kids. And being 45 minutes away from your kids is hard. So I started looking in town. Bucaris was hiring. And I thought, all right, tax season can't be as hard as 24-7, 365. At least you only have to be there. At least it's it's over in April and then I get my life back. In the hotel, it was month end, quarter end, year end. Mm -hmm. We were a publicly owned company, so I worked all the time. So I came back to Kokomo and I started as a staff accountant. Um, Greg McCarty said, you're at the top of your game. You're the controller. You're number two in charge. Why do you want to start over? And I said, because you don't get calls about tax problems at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I do. And from that conversation, he decided, I like her. I want to hire her. So he hired me. But I started at the bottom. I started as a staff accountant. I had to start all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I like working with people, working in the private industry at the hotel gave me an edge in the public accounting because I could actually talk to the people in a language that they understood. I was that person on the other side of the desk Um, when the accountants and auditors used to come into the hotel and talk their accounting words to me. It would go right over my head. I had no idea what they were talking about. And I remembered that when I was talking to people, I'd see that glazed over look and it's like, whoa, back up. They have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Put it in their language. And from there, my client base started to grow. People would call and ask for me. So I went from staff accountant to senior to manager, associate partner, and now I'm partner just because I think a lot of the um, private industry and willing to help people and talk with their language helped me get there. That is an interesting point. I have run into that myself before where you're trying to explain something to somebody uh, at, at work and you're trying to use all the jargon that you use. Yep. And that your your employees, you all have shorthand for yep. it or you have a uh, some sort of, like you said, just it's a whole different language. It's a whole different language. Um, and then you try to, I, I, I will watch some of my other uh, coworkers try to explain something to somebody using the way that we talk and the 
people are just completely baffled. They have no idea, and when they leave, you look at each other and say, what'd they say? And I didn't want my clients to do that because it doesn't help me when they say, what'd you say? Mm -hmm, what'd mm -hmm. she say? I have no idea what she said. Because then you got to explain yourself again. Well, right? then they don't do it right, and then we <laughs> have to redo it, and that ends up costing them extra dollars. And I don't want that. I want, my, I want to teach my clients. Mm -hmm. Kind of a teacher in heart, too. That's good. That's a, that's a pr pretty good insight into, um, I think that really applies for anywhere you work. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I've worked in fast food. I've worked in an office. I've kind of in between there. Um, and in every situation. Right. Um, every workplace has its own language that it speaks. So it is, it is um, a, a pretty valuable thing to remember that when you're talking with a, a customer or a client or right. whoever, that you got to make sure that they know exactly what you mean. And I like to tell stories too with explain a problem with a story instead of um, just give them examples of and relate it to, well, if, this, if you were doing this at home, mm -hmm. you know, you're writing your check and then they can kind of pick up on and relate it to them, make it so that they understand um, what they're doing and how what they're doing affects how I do my job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Taryn, you got anything? Well, from, from my experience in the hospitality field, I've worked in hospitality mm -hmm. for about eight, nine years. All right. <clears throat> um, but it, the, the whole, the art, not argument, the point that you made about helping people and trying to make it so that everyone understands where you're coming from. I have found a lot of people don't understand that as much mm -hmm. and you'd think that everybody would but yet and i'm not saying everybody that's listening right now or anything like that <laughs> what i'm saying is he's, in general, he, he's calling you out <laughs> listeners <laughs> <laughs> but people in general no matter where they come from or what they're doing they just kind of assume that you know this or you know that or well i know what's best for this person or that person versus you know you you come down to to where they're at or you go up to where they're at it just depends on where they're at and you you help them with their needs if someone knows more than you do you know you try to get up there and help them with the little tasks or if someone's you know doesn't know what you're talking about you help them understand what's going on I have conversations a lot with clients where I will they'll ask me a question and I'll give them the technical answer and then follow up with, do you know what that means? And most of the time the answer is, I have no idea what you're talking about. Which when you're dealing with accounting is... Um, very not, easy to do. Yeah, not, not very surprising. <laughs> not very surprising. Um, and there's, I mean, but there's two sides of our job. We help businesses and individuals manage the accounting of what they do. Then there's the secondary, which is, the, which is really the hard part, the reporting of what we do. So there are two sides to what we do. I work with clients all summer long helping them record and report things properly so that when we get to filing and the compliance part, we can do it effectively and efficiently. Um, the days of bringing me a box full of receipts and things you've written on napkins those are very expensive days for you when you bring it to me like that. <laughs> so it's important to me to work with my clients to get them to understand why we're not going to do this anymore and mm -hmm. teach them how to not because it helps them in the long run. Mm -hmm. 
And I think even, I mean, I don't want to talk out of my turn here because I don't work in accounting, but I know that uh, um, sometimes people will bring in a huge box of things they want deducted. And it turns out that not only can you not deduct most of it, but even if they did, it wouldn't have made much of a difference anyway. Right, right. So it's good to get your um, your clients into uh, good accounting habits. We like right? to train our clients so that they save themselves money. Training your clients and your customers is almost as important as training your employees. Too. Yes, it is. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> um, yep. Because it's frustrating for the clients as well as the employees when no one knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So it, it does help if we all have systems and ways to teach each other to be more efficient. Mm, absolutely. Um, so uh, if it's all right with you, uh, I think we move on to the third question. Sure. Um, this is uh, <clears throat> one that I came up with myself. Uh, <laughs> um, it was a doozy. It, I, I, that's why I asked. Um, <laughs> sometimes we encounter situations that seem to have no good solution. Have you ever encountered a situation like that? And if so, how did you overcome it? Yes. I know. <laughs> I know. I... Yes, I have. Um, and unfortunately, we often find ourselves in situations where our first reaction, our impulse reaction is, oh my God, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. There's no way this is going to work. And then your, your gut reaction. My gut reaction is, is oh gosh, nope, not doing it. Just we walk can't away do from this. It, brush yep. it off. Yep. But, but, but the problem is you think about it for two minutes and you realize I have to do something. Right. That's why people come to us. We solve <laughs> problems. They bring us a problem and we offer them a solution. Sometimes the solution is not what everybody wants, but there are solutions. There are good solutions and there are okay solutions. Um, but the one thing I've learned is we don't have to have an answer right now. Mm-hmm. Especially in my um, my industry, the IRS does not move at the speed of light. They move at less than molasses. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> things take time, so we have time. We don't have to resolve resolve it today, and it's often better that we don't because we have lots of questions to ask. Mm-hmm. Often, before when someone presents a problem to you that you think can't be solved, it's because you don't have all the pieces. And part of what we do is laying the pieces out and figuring out, what am I missing? What part of this story have they not told me that either they're embarrassed to tell me or they don't remember themselves? So we get pretty good at prompting, just asking questions, because one question will lead to another, will lead to another, that all of a sudden the client remembers, oh, yeah, I did that. It's almost like an investigation. Yes. Um, Yeah. It actually really is an investigation. It is investigation. You've got to have the right leading questions to get them to remember specific Specific details. And and then once you get all these details, it's important to remember, if you don't see something right away, stop and back up. Because if you put your hand in front of your face, you see a blurry hand. Mm -hmm. But if you back up, leave your hand out and you back up, things start to fall into focus so that when you, and if you've zoomed in on a picture, you're missing all the things on the outside. So if you back up, take a break, close your eyes, take a deep breath, things will start, different things will come into focus, different things will pop out. 
One of the things I tell my staff accountants when they're trying to get something to balance, and they have, I've looked at everything. Yes, I've looked at everything. And they're almost exasperated because they know it can be solved, but they can't figure it out. Put it away. Well, I got to have it by Friday. It's Wednesday. Put it away. Do something else. Find something easy. I know you've got something easy to do. Write a letter, read a book, read an article. Mm -hmm. You've got things you can do. Look at it. Put it away for a few hours. Go home, go to bed. Look at it tomorrow. And if you can't figure it out, come back to me and we'll see if we can figure it out together. And a lot of times they'll pick up the phone at 930 on the next morning and say, I figured it out. I'm like, I know. It's because you were too close to it. You'd been in it too much. You couldn't, all you could see was what you'd done, not what you hadn't seen. You kind of want to put it away and let your subconscious dwell on it for a little bit. Studying for college, they always said, sleep on it. It works. You know, it does work. <laughs> so um, the other thing that we have to do is remember that, you know, sometimes the solution that we come up with isn't what the person asking us to solve the problem wanted, but it is the solution. So the, the skill that you have to develop is how to get them to accept, I know this isn't what you wanted, but this really is either the only way, mm-hmm. or we have three options and this is the best one of them. Mm-hmm. So it, finding a solution when you think there isn't one is to stop and look back and then accept that sometimes the best, your, your glory out, outcome is not gonna happen, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, we we run into that a lot, that there are no solutions. That is something that I imagine um, does get difficult in accounting, especially in tax season, Mm -hmm. is when somebody comes back ready for their refund and you have to tell them there was a misfile with a W-4 or, you know, maybe the I-9 or something along those lines, but but, um, you're going to owe money. That happens a lot. And that is such an ugly thing to have to do. To tell people that last year you got a great big refund because... All three of your kids were under 17, and guess what? They aged out. You don't get those credits anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or you got a great big bonus. Or you sold some stock. You sold a building. Your investments did great. Mm -hmm. You owe money this year. And Mm -hmm. those are hard conversations to have. That does tie back into um, talking about training your clients. Because if they're going to, say, sell a big property like that or um, something like that, that you would need to keep track of that and be prepared right. that you're going to owe when the time comes around. Because um, in some situations like that, you're not going to be able to avoid paying taxes on it, but you can at least make sure that your clients are ready and know what they're going to, or that they're going to have to pay. That they're taxes. going to have to. And then sometimes when there are surprises, to let them know it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. There are options. There are options. The worst thing you can do is not file. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go away. Um, I, we help a lot of people that haven't filed, that have big tax problems. Everything can be solved. Mm-hmm. Might not be the answer that you want, but everything can be solved. And, and the, the key is to just face it and let's get something set up with them. Because the, the IRS will work with you. The state will work with you. But you have to be upfront and honest with them. Mm-hmm. Running away doesn't help. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it make, makes sense. Um, uh, I think that you'll have a lot of great insight into this. Today, uh, these days, many people are not loyal to their employers, and it is common to move from job to job frequently. 
So how have you kept your focus and remained dedicated at uh, Bucari McCarty and Metz for nearly 20 years? That one was an easy one. Um, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe it's been 20 years. Um, 20 tax seasons. 20 tax seasons. Right. <laughs> yeah, here I am. It's been 19 years, 20 tax seasons. I really can't believe it's been been that long. Um, but you're right. We hire um, a lot of young people out of school, um, and and it is hard. Turnover is a is an issue in public accounting. Public accounting is hard work. If you're not a person that likes hard work, and mm-hmm. there are those of us that do, I do. I don't have a problem working hard. The satisfaction mm-hmm. of seeing helping someone and seeing seeing in them how much I've helped them. Seem like you can solve it, but then you find the solution. It's <sighs> yes, it, it, it's exciting. I know that's crazy. Accounting's exciting, but um, it is an issue that we face in our industry um, with people that 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 move around a lot, that work two or three years somewhere and leave, even though they're very good. Um, they want to see new things. They want to do new things. Um, one of the nice things about our firm is that public accounting isn't just taxes. There are other things that you can do. There's consulting, there's estate planning, there's business valuations, um, research and development credits, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff that you can do in public accounting that you don't have to do the same thing all the time. We also, um, not just our firm, but a lot of accounting firms are working remotely with remote people. Maybe it's that you want to work for us, but you're tired of Indiana winter or non-winter, whatever you prefer. If you're a skier, you want to be in Colorado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, remote working is the new thing. We have employees that are working remotely. They don't work at our office. They work remotely. So being flexible is key to being able to... Um, to maintain longevity with your employees. I think if I had to sit in an office and do the same thing every day, I wouldn't be here. But I work with different people and do different things every day. And you know, that's something I think a lot of people, um, when they think of accounting, they do think it's pretty much the exact same thing every single day. You plug the numbers in and then you you add up the numbers and then that's it. But it really is a lot of it's, it's, it's almost always different because it seems like everybody's coming in with a different sort of problem and you get to apply all the things that you've learned over 20 years to find exactly the solution. To so, find the solution. Sometimes it's really easy because it's a, scene, a thing you've seen a million times before, but I'm sure that every so often. Oh, yeah. Oh, every day. Uh, yeah. Someone asks me a question that I've not seen. It's something you never would have thought would ever uh, be an issue. And, and here it is. Here it is. Um, <laughs> Nothing surprises me anymore. That's that's for sure. Um, and, you know, it's the one thing that's nice about our firm is if I don't know the answer, we've got a lot of people in our firm that have a lot of years. I can go ask them. I'm not afraid to say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll find out for you. How many um, certified accountants you said work at? We have 20 accountants, around 20 accountants given any given day, depending on whether it's tax season or off season. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, um, I think we have, I haven't counted, we have two new CPAs just got their license mm-hmm. 
this past quarter. So I think we're up to 12 licensed professionals, um, 12 or 15, again, depending on the day, because mm -hmm. we have temporary workers and such. But So somebody's got to have... Somebody's had some experience. Yeah. Um, and if they don't know the answer, they might know where to find it. Mm -hmm. um, so there's not much that's been there um, that that we haven't that we haven't seen. So one of the big reasons you were able to stick around for 20 years is because you found exactly what you liked to do mm -hmm. and you, you stuck with it. Yep. Um, what about the people that you work with? Because I can imagine that if you were at the firm doing exactly what you love to do, but the boss was a tyrant, that you probably wouldn't have been <laughs> around for very much longer. I've so worked this, so for this, tyrants. <laughs> uh, I think we all have. Um, uh, this, this is your opportunity to uh, um, praise your boss on... Uh, on a public scale. On public scale. <laughs> um, BMM is an amazing place to work. We, one of the things that we want to do is we're with each other a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're 12, 15 hours in April and March and April. I spend more time with the people at work sometimes than I do with my family. We have to get along. It has to be pleasant. Mm -hmm. But if... If your kid's sick and you need to be at home, you're, you can go home. We'll cover for you. Um, that's, what, that's what family, if you want to say, does for each other. We help each other out. We cover for each other when things go um, haywire. A good work environment really is a type of family. It is. It um, is. We, yeah. we actually do care if our employees are happy. Um, you know, everybody can say we have an open-door policy. I've had employees come in and say, you know what, I am not happy. I don't know if this is for me. And we talk, and sometimes it's not that, that they want the regular eight to five, Monday through Friday. They know what's coming. I never know when I walk in the door in the morning what might happen that day. Who's going to come present me with a problem? And that's hard for some people. I like it. But that's hard for some, some people. Some people like the excitement and some people like the stability. They like the stability and, and knowing like, what's like going to come. Like you said, 100% fine. Yep. Yep. So um, we do care about our employees. We have flexible work schedules for those that need it, for our young moms. Mm -hmm. Work from home for people that need to be at home in the morning to get their kids on the bus. Come in later. Work from home once your kids get off the bus. I mean... If you're, we're professionals, we've gone to school, we've taken an exam, we should be able to manage our time to serve our clients. And I think that's kind of what our employees like, is that it's your, your it's your firm, they're your clients. Yeah, and that's, that, that's a good point, because it, it's, you're putting a level of trust in them mm -hmm. as well, that, okay, I trust you to take the day off and, you know, work from home. Yep. And I trust that you won't just Sit around in your underwear, watch TV all day, right? Because if you do, <laughs> when the client calls and wants to know where their stuff is and it's not done yet, you're the one that's going to have to explain to them why it's not done yet. So you're the one who will be held accountable. You're the one that's accountable. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is why you guys tune in for this uh, top-notch comedy, right? That's right. <laughs> who knew accounting was funny? <laughs> <laughs> it depends. It depends on it the It depends. Um Yes. Sure. To all the accountants that are listening right now, wanting to be an accountant one day, what advice would you have to say would be the most beneficial for them right now? You have to like to solve problems. 
accounting is is a lot of solving problems. You take debits and credits, you put them in a specific order and you get a picture. So you have to solve problems. You have to be able to solve puzzles. You know, when you throw the pieces down on the table and they all look the same, but when you put them together, you get one picture. If you put them together a different way, you get another picture. You have to be able to know how to put the pieces together to get the right picture for what your um, clients want. If you are not someone... If you want an answer the first time you do it and it's easy, accounting is going to be difficult for you. If you're someone that wants to move things around and think about things and what if, what if, what if, accounting is good for you because that's what we do. We take the, the client's tax records, put them together in a picture, and depending on what order we put them in and what elections we make and what positions we take, they may owe tax or get a refund or owe less, um, you know, it, how I put the picture together depends on what my client's going to report. So you have to be able to um, move the pieces around to get a good picture for your client. And if you don't like that, um, you're not going to be happy. If you always want a black and white answer, um, you're not going to be happy doing accounting. You're welcome. Very good. Um, I uh, I don't have any more questions. Uh, we've have the, we have our uh, list there, and uh, we're all tapped out. Taryn, you got any? You had that question. You got any any other questions or anything else to add? Uh, nothing for me. But I just wanted to say thank you, Amy, for You're coming welcome. onto the show. I was right about to say that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for asking me. I was nervous to come, but. You guys are easy to talk to. Oh, uh, that's what I aim for. <laughs> uh, that's the goal, right? All right. Um, yeah, I, was, uh, I, I echo Taryn's sentiment. Uh, I uh, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure talking thank to you. Thank you. And a lot of good insight. Um, so uh, all you uh, listeners out there, make sure to uh, subscribe to us on uh, whichever, uh, whichever platform it is you're using. And uh, If they have questions for me or questions about accounting, they can always reach out to me at the firm. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm not 100% if we'll have the your email address in the description, but if, if it's there, it's there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so once again, thank you very much for uh, You're coming welcome. and joining us today. And uh, thank you guys once again for listening, and we will see you next time.